right, hello everyone. My name's Elliot Duke. Welcome to The Well-Fed Artist. I'm a sound engineer and music producer in Berlin, Germany. And I had the idea to create this podcast because I work with so many wonderful artists and just see all of the obstacles that independent artists face in trying to find an audience and trying to get their work out into the world and earn money, of course, as well. Always a struggle. Uh, so I realized I know so many wonderful friends and connections I've made over the years that I've been here in Berlin and so much untapped wisdom, I felt like. So I just wanted to, uh, I felt like I was in a position to be able to extract some knowledge from some of the uh, brains that I'm acquainted with that could help a lot of other people who are kind of starting out on their artistic journey. And for this episode, I'm joined by one of my best friends here in the city, the wonderful uh, Sam Samakius Lorta, a composer, sound artist, uh, performer, sound designer uh, from the US, like me, but uh, based also in Berlin. We both uh, met here in 2017. So maybe you can introduce yourself a little bit, maybe give a short backstory because uh, your entire backstory would be like a mini series at least, but. Uh... Mm. Yes, true. Uh, yeah, uh, thank you for having me. Um, yeah, I, came, I come from Idaho, uh, a small town uh, called Well, like 20,000 people and um, my whole sort of life I've been doing music somehow, I guess through public education, which was, which was really nice. And, um, I studied cello, studied composing in high school and public education, which was really Ooh. nice. And then went on to study in Boise State University. I did some years cello performance, music composition. And in that time I was just sort of like searching for something that I think classical music wasn't really giving me and so many years later uh somehow i found myself needing to leave the u.s in 20 2016 if that means anything to anyone <laughs> <laughs> i left and um i just found myself like i'm not I, I didn't finish university i had debt i needed some way to just like fast track my success i guess and that was europe so I came out here, we met, I studied at Catalyst Institute and I studied electronic music production and performance like you as well. And yeah, just focused on, on building that sort of career and that's, and now it's sort of going, <laughs> I guess. Mm -hmm. So yeah. And your music is something that's kind of like hard to describe, you know, like um, it's kind of experimental, electronic, electroacoustic uh, um, sort of thing. Um, so we'll definitely like link to it just so people can kind of check it out for themselves because like words can't really like put the picture in, in people's minds. But really, really amazing stuff that you've been doing for a long time. And we met in school, like in university. Mm -hmm. um, so I just wanted to maybe uh, get your perspective for people who are interested in, I guess, uh, composing or creating in a like non-pop space. 
mm-hmm. and your perspective on like formal education um just like is it essential or like kind of pros and cons maybe like mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah i guess maybe mm, it, if if it's necessary or not um I mean, I found it really helpful to study here because I had this idea of of what music was from my my experience in the U.S. Like very composed or structured, all of this, all of this theory and sort of talent and virtuosity behind this classical sort of. I mean, even the modern uh, music is is still in these sort of classical halls or sort of in this feels sort of elite or very mm-hmm. academic somehow and when i came out here it was just completely debunked or like just when it was like no that's actually like super diy mm. and you can do all these things in like with really small budget and i just found that like wisdom of or perspective of of what sound and music could be really like mind-blowing uh, it was it felt like i was just released from this sort of like cage of creativity oh, and amazing. and so that was really good i don't know if it will happen at every sort of institution or for everyone even going through catalyst maybe but in my particular journey i think i somehow was able to tap into that uh creative freedom so i don't know it's a, it, it depends like if you're um you know, if you're willing to like step out of the box and go to like maybe another uh, country or <laughs> just another way of learning or look into what sort of schools you want to go to and see if there's someone there really like open to experimentation. I think that's a big mm. deal. Yeah. And then after we finished uh, school or after you finished school, you kind of really hit the ground running. Um and we're doing some freelance stuff. Uh, what was that like? Or maybe you can sort of offer some, I guess, advice for, for finding clients or like how does that work in practice, I guess? I mean, when you, it's funny you say hit the ground running because <laughs> I was like, I was just surviving, <laughs> you know? Um, so at the time... Well, that's the main um, goal, the goal number one. <laughs> goal, yeah, exactly. Keeping my head above the water. <laughs> I guess because I didn't find a lot of pay to work, I f- was doing a ton and ton, a ton of free work. Mm. And I was on the socials a lot. I was just on Instagram and just finding little like pockets of communities that I found other artists that were emerging. And we just sort of like when we would post or share something, be commenting, liking, and resharing each other's work to like mm. boost it. And so I found like, an online presence with others that were also like hey we're releasing a new thing like everybody here's the here's the link everybody repost everybody comment everyone share so there's sort of like this like virtual support system i think it was also like covid when i graduated uh, so yeah, okay so i was gonna ask you like um about uh that was mostly online but maybe if it was non-pandemic it would have been maybe more mixed with like um in-person stuff or like physical yeah i think i mean the support community what like for me is where i found my future clients and work was just i found it virtually but also there was a couple of 
collaborators when everything was shut down that I was able to work with. And even though it was low pay, I showed up like I was showing up early. I was staying late, working with some dancers, working as a sound designer. Mm. I just did a ton of free work, like underpaid, undervalued and something I don't recommend to people. <laughs> but but at, at the same time, those things went on to be very fruitful. Yeah, actually. I think everyone kind of goes through that. Like you, there's a period when you're starting out where I think most people sort of expect or you kind of have to do stuff for free at first. Maybe um, do you have uh, like, what's your perspective on how do you know, how do you transition from that? Like what sort of maybe, mm. uh, I don't know, milestones or like indicators where you should be thinking like um, moving from uh, free work to like charging and being more like, financially sustainable that way i mean no I one it's different for everyone but it's yeah. yeah but um no i i feel like no one i worked for for free i never felt that they expected me to work for free uh, I, I would uh, i that's what i'm like i should never and no one should ever have to work for someone that expects you to work for them for free ah okay that's um, interesting point. those those are probably <laughs> not good people and and people that are probably exploiting you but ah, people that okay. are like hey like i can't offer anything but maybe if if for example i did a lot of uh, animation shorts like working for for animators who are emerging and i was doing sound design for them and they'd be like, hey, I have this 30 second thing. It's going to get thousands of views. Can you do the thing? And I will do <laughs> I'll do another animation for you for free later down the road or something uh, like this. OK, so some sort of exchange and something like this. And if there was no exchange, mm -mm, sorry, like if I don't feel that there's like a connection where mm -hmm. we're like supporting each other, then I'm like, no, I don't have time because I have a lot of other free work to do and I need money somehow. Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> but I guess like an indicator, I mean, that was in 2020 and now I do have a stable income and I'm still getting uh, more gigs on top of it. And I actually do find myself still doing some free work and it's for people that I feel like, oh, this is this is an investment. Like I have a little bit of time now on my, on, uh, like a little bit of weight off my shoulders now that I have income and so I can be like okay this is free I know I'm not getting paid but this is going to be quality work mm. I know it's going to be really fruitful in terms of the experience and it'll lead hopefully to something greater so I'll kind of like feel if there's this connection like okay this is worth it I know it's free I know I'm already overbooking myself <laughs> but this like you know, this is an amazing choreographer or this is an, as an artist with not enough funds at the time. Like, I mm. totally get it. And so I'll, I'll still go out of my way even now to, to put something together if I feel like there's good energy and it's going to move somewhere. Cool. And then I wanted to ask you about grants and residencies <laughs> because it seems like you have a lot of momentum now, like you've gone through numerous or you've been able to do numerous residencies with different venues or institutions. And you've gotten like a couple grants now at this point, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, which I get the impression that this is something that is Germany 
is it's more available like in Germany or maybe Europe generally than than North America. Mm-hmm. But I mean, maybe you can talk about how it was getting your first ones and um, mm-hmm. like advice or, or tips on on how to get that started. What's the path? Yeah, I mean, for my experience, I was writing grants in the in the U.S. before I had moved out. Huh. Uh, I had never gotten any, um, but I had friends that were at a higher sort of career point in their artistry, playing in bands or or folk music, actually. And um, and because I had a fresh, st- even though I moved out here, I still had a fresh connection with the U.S. And so I was st- still able to apply and technically qualify. And I worked so hard on these. I never got any of them, mm. but it was so much work. I And I would tap into my peers from the US that had maybe gone to get their PhD or gotten grants in the, in, in the past. And so I would send them my applications and get a lot of feedback. And so it was through this process of like working really hard and like sending it to people and getting feedback, like, oh, you're missing this, you're missing this. But oh. I learned over time, like, okay, like I'm, I'm writing too much conceptual here. I'm like talking too much about how I want the audience to feel. I need to... I, you can it's a balance of like being able to write well being able to uh briefly in a in a meaningful way talk about your project and then also being realistic with like the technical requirements the collaborators mm. these sort of things so it's like it's been many years of like refining this process okay um and most of my like artistic career i would say like from 20 maybe 2019 of applying for the 20, 2017, I guess, uh, till about 2021, I think I got my first residency or I know in 2020 I did. Um, but there were so many like lost applications, uh, so many okay. lost grants and so many lost residencies that I worked and slaved over. And it was just <laughs> like, ah, oh, no. oh, so much work. And then I remember the first grant I got um i think the beginning of last year um where it was like a good chunk of money i wrote when i wrote it it was like after being at the lake all day and (laughs) i was a little bit drunky i was a little bit stony and got home was like i have this deadline and i already had a a draft but i just like in 30 maybe an hour or two i just like densely wrote it and submitted it and somehow i got it and well and, it's like the work you put in before <laughs> i guess right like it's like you have to kind of train that muscle sounds like yeah exactly like just expect the first ones to just be like <laughs> not like getting the grant necessarily or, or getting the um accepted to what you're applying for but just like being able to over over those initial ones like develop that uh sensibilities of of what they are looking for i guess yeah exactly and not like thinking too much it's Mm -hmm. also thinking Ah, too much like okay "Ah, i need this this and this or thinking too hard like i think in the past i was thinking so hard about it and it's like just be straightforward be short and sweet um i'll practice writing apply for things just practice practice the writing part it's a skill Mm. uh it's a skill to be able to do it and and even now like I'm in a collective and I do all the applications for us and we've gotten accepted into a couple and even the other artists, I think this on, on Saturday, one of my um, 
peers in this collective uh, sent me one of their grants. I was like, can you review this? And I was going to like, I read it like on my phone and I was like, I wasn't going to put that much effort into it. And then like, not shortly after I like grabbed my laptop and I was like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I was like, Samantha, I'm just going to rewrite this for you. <laughs> <laughs> but in a good way, like she had so much potential and it was just like, uh, it's just the really structure nice. and like the, the, everything was there. I just had to like shuffle it around and be like, Hey, like just from my experience, this sounds a little bit more, more clear mm-hmm. and w- as less words and might get you. I don't know if she's going to get it, but you know, it was still like, I really wanted to help because it, I just felt like I, there was potential. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I do like writing. So if you like writing, that's a better thing also. <laughs> I think what you said also about the like overthinking thing, I, th- I, I feel like that's so relevant in also so many genres and like fields of artistry is just like, yeah, people like over overthinking emails and yeah like networking and this sort of things like like what you said like be straightforward and just like practice it yeah i think that's super valuable mm-hmm. um and then i would i this question occurred to me i was just thinking about maybe uh someone either someone who is more interested in the sound design thing or someone who's more interested just in composing, mm. like, do you think it makes sense maybe to focus more, or would you recommend people to kind of be able to do both? Um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. I mean, I come more from a composing background and learned sound design through my time in Berlin, um, mm. and those, yeah, and yeah i've sort of done both and multiple like some mastering some mixing even on the engineering parts um i kind of i'd never really focus on one thing i mean to me audio is audio Mm. it's just like using my ears yeah it's um i think like i imagine what visual people do you know they uh, they can do design they can do illustrations and there's just so much things you can do visually it's the same thing with audio there's like the very technical aspects of it um and then there's also the composing aspects of it i never really focused on one it was it's also kind of daunting for me to think of that like i'm like oh to only do sound design and to like <laughs> really go into the industry in that way is like a little scary for me because it's also like i'm giving up on so much other things yeah um i want to have fun also so (laughs) so i don't know i wouldn't recommend doing just one thing i'm not i'm i mean i'm not like a super professional but i found being able to do many things and and being able to learn from experimenting like hey i'm not i don't really get into in front of a mixing console but i was asked to be at this event and and run this thing then i throw myself in and you learn quick and you learn hard <laughs> you know <laughs> it's that it's that sort of thing and and same thing with composing i ha- i did an album last year with the poet spencer mirabal and i had never done an album before and so it just was i was thrown right into it i learned a lot and listening back i could have done things better but now i'm you know, I can take away that experience and I'm refining that practice by doing it. So 
I think I think not don't like you know uh, alienate certain things that you love or or want to do because it all kind of feeds into itself eventually sound design does feed itself into composing when you're working like on an album especially or the Mm -hmm. or vice versa um same thing from like composing to sound art or some or different from one genre to the other you know just learning and it all translates to itself i think that makes sense yeah definitely yeah uh this is i think super useful when you can like throw like be sort of like fearless yeah uh uh say saying yes to things and just like going for it uh but yeah it can be tricky uh anyway i guess we'll leave it there but um just at the uh to close with uh is there anything that you have to promote um at the moment like anything on the horizon that uh people might be interested in yeah i i guess (laughs) there's some there's multiple projects i think that are they're not me specifically but i'm working with a poetic collective right now and we're Uh, putting poetry collective uh they're, they're titled poeta and uh, it's not a poetry collective, but they're right now. I'm doing a sound walk with them. Oh. It's uh, at Brücke Museum, and in the past we've done another sound walk at Hetzberg Museum. So I think if you go here in Berlin and you go to these museums, you're gonna hear amazing like storytelling and like a sort of interesting new format. I think there's that, and I'm doing a show with uh, Clara Cushini, a choreographer, in the middle of October. And yeah, I think just follow my my socials because I'm kind of like doing many little different projects all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't have any per- like I don't think I have any personal projects these next couple months. The summer was just really busy, so I'm taking a break. That's good too. That's <laughs> so good too. I'm just like, okay, I'm going to work with other people right now because I need some like creative breaks. But yeah, follow the socials and you will find what I'm up to. Amazing. Cool. We'll link to all of those and I'll try to get this episode out uh, before <laughs> mid-October or whenever your show uh, with the choreographer is. Thank you so much for being on The Well-Fed Artist. Thanks for having me.